Hello again, and welcome to the Inventure Podcast, a podcast for, by, and about founders and the hellish nightmare lives they lead. Today's episode, we've got Ed from Halen. He is in the rideshare and grocery last mile, if you will, area. It was wonderful talking to Ed and getting a perspective because there's not a whole lot of folks that do these that were freaking drivers themselves. So uh, I know that we certainly connected on that. It's very interesting getting, getting his perspective on the challenges of a first-time founder going back and finding the original people that developed the app. Think of it uh, from a risk perspective pretty deeply about how to, how to get that architecture set, not only set, but ready to be um, fixed and improved on a consistent basis. Um, so certainly a lesson learned for all of us. Um, please welcome Ed from Halen. And we're live. All right. Ed, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. I know we are uh, We are now going to get down and dirty on, on Halen. I know we talked a little yes. bit about, um, about what you've been working on um, the other day. Um, and I've, I've heard wonderful things from Sam, but I, I haven't heard much. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to hearing more about the story, hearing more about what you're working yeah. on, and uh, all of all of the pain and struggle that goes into building something like that. And so it, 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 it's, it's really a pleasure to grab you here and I'm really looking forward to it. But Yes. Uh, thanks Sam for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Let, let's get into it. Yep. <laughs> so tell me, so tell me about, um, you know, the, those early days. Um, you know, I'm not sure that everybody knows that you were, um, a, uh, a limo driver. I myself was a, uh, a road warrior in, in college, you know, favor, tr- trying to keep the high kids fed with their Taco Bell. Um, it's, 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 it's a real grind, man. Um, and t- I'm going to try to explain what you're doing and you, you tell me if, if I'm saying it right. Okay. So I faced the similar problem where you're on a c- pretty consistent basis, just waiting around. And it's it's devastating, and you know you have to switch between apps. So that, you know, there's back in my day, it was mostly between like Favor or or Lyft, um, or you know, I know that a lot of folks out there are between Uber and Uber Eats. But now there's like this huge plethora of them. Um, when I was in DC, I mean, I don't know if it was just something particular about DC, but there was so many different like ride hailing apps. It was like a dime a dozen. It was wild. Um, but um, but it's basically a capacity maximization because you know, and you know, you and I were talking about how that's that's at that point in your life, like for a lot of those folks, that's the only thing you have to give is your time. And when you, when you're when you're sitting there, you know, like away from your friends and family, and you know the things that you could be doing, it's it's really tough, you know, to to be to be sitting there just die knowing that you know. Uh, there, there are things going on that you just can't get access to. So having one app that, that integrates with those, I definitely, I got to tell you, I, I foresee a lot of challenges, but to the extent that you can get like a, 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 a foothold there, um, I think that's incredibly promising. Anything I can do to, to you know, take, take a chip away at that problem um, because, because the hailers, they can't do it themselves. You know what I mean? It has to be something like this where it kind of sits outside. But anyway, so, so tell, me, tell me what, I, what I'm missing there because that's, 
that's really in my mind what what's so compelling about it is is all of that wasted time that's out there. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe we can go kind of back from um, not really way way back, but maybe I can pick it up from. Um, yes, I started as a limousine driver. Um, uh, even even in the beginning, probably even before I started being a limousine driver, I used to work for this private airline. Uh, uh, I had two jobs, working at a private airline where, uh, like customer service, where like all these rich people comes in and then, you know, uh, famous people and whatever, they come in there and then the driver pick them up in a suit. And and also the, my other job was working as a dispatcher for this tax company, so putting both of those together, and, and I saw this limousine driver wearing suit, and I'm like, wow, this is really nice, respectable. You know, I want to wear a suit too. Right. <laughs> so, and so that's how I end up getting into it, like talking to guys that, that was driving limousine. Um, um, actually, I ended up leaving both of my job, which was a customer service at the, um, at the airline, at the private airline and the dispatch with the tax because I was making enough now as a limo driver, right? Combine all these two jobs that I had, I was making enough in driving as a limousine driver. Uh, so driving like that for a while, I ended up kind of just kind of learning more about the limousine industry. And maybe like three years, that's it. Two, three years into it, I ended up starting my own limousine company, bought my own vehicle, and I started just kind of making my website, kind of networking with people, right? So Yeah, you're halfway through the American dream already. There, exactly, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So And and the other thing is, like, uh, as a limousine driver, you meet a lot of different people by all of, a lot. Of, I would say, like, a huge percentage as, like, uh, immigrant, right? Uh, people came here like looking just you know for the dream, right? So uh, from there, my company kind of grew slowly, slowly. I had up to eight cars. I had really good, um, good uh, contracts like with like lobbyists. Of course, you know DC. There's a lot of lobbyist firm and stuff. Sure, sure. And they pay really good. So lobbyists had contract with like Fox News, and you know doing really good. And then here Uber came and, you know, slowly, slowly. And then we're like, yeah, nobody's going to book a vehicle right. <laughs> using right. an app, right? Because we were kind of stuck in that mentality, like, uh, you know, people are going to just make a reservation by phone or they're going to go to our website that we invested at that time. So, and, well, slowly, slowly I start losing business. So, and I ended up selling my company. Uh, it was called DC Private Car. Uh, I sold to one of this guy. He's still there. He's my friend. We talk here and there. And he's still kind of struggling, just trying to find ways to <laughs> to get back in the game. But he's like... He probably doesn't have eight cars. Yeah, yeah. So it's like... Uh, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to explain to him. I don't know if he, he's still stuck in that thing, thinking people are going to go way back or whatever it is. Like he, he hasn't done anything to do with the app or maybe... Just finding resources to do an app. And so once I sold the company, uh, I tried to, f- like, it took maybe about two years trying to figure out what I wanted to do, right? And and I decided, hey, maybe I should create the same application like Uber. But with that mentality of old school where I did not have technology background, 
I figured like, man, you just create an app and you leave it like the website, like I had a website. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Right? So I did not know like much that in the application, actually a lot of goes in there. So uh, I got some freelance that they created for me. And I think it took like maybe four months before the application stopped having problem. And, and what I learned from there is uh, drivers are looking for something to just kind of make money for themselves because they're not making enough money. So they, they don't have loyalty to this other competitor, Lyft or Uber, right? They just want to make a living. That's one of the things I learned because once I launched the app, uh, I had about 4,500 drivers in the app just kind of slowly by networking, just word of mouth without really much advertising. And from my database of clients, I had about 800 clients, right? But the app, once it crashed, it just, everything went a mess because now it's like a customer will request a, a car and the driver accept it and then it disappeared. And, and driver is like, where'd the job go? Customer is like, oh, I'm waiting for the driver. And the problem, driver like trying to turn off, restart it, it's like no job, it's, you can see it. Because the app has so many bugs. Uh, so after that, I tried to get the guy who created the app, came to find that he was just a project manager, right? And, and also he paid other people to create the app. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was a problem just kind of getting people to, you know, to, to get them back, the developer, to, to fix the problem. So we could not get those developers. Um, so I learned from there. But at the same time, I was like, okay, I need to make a living now because I spend a lot of my money this app. So I end up start driving for Uber and Lyft. Right? Uh, I'm driving for them. First, it was more like, uh, let me just drive for Lyft. Uh, register for Lyft. And and it was not enough because you sit like one hour to one hour and a half with no job. So I was like, hey, let me register with Uber too. So I had both apps. Um, I'm driving for them. Uh, but the problem came back again it was still same thing where you have also time where you're waiting like 45 minutes, close to one hour with no job because there's not enough job. And also, right. even when it's busy, it's like you got to keep turning on, turning off one app. You turn on, the, like you accept the job with the Uber app, then you have to turn off Lyft because you don't want to Lyft to give you a job while you're still doing the job with Uber. You drop off. Then you turn on again. So you have, it's like you're turning on, on and off both of them, right? Whoever gives you. Yeah, you got to wonder. You got to wonder how many people have died trying to play with those apps in the car. <laughs> I'm <you> telling you, <laughs> it's, it's, it's awful. But so from there, but also uh, without knowing, actually, your rating is being affected as a driver because the 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 app they keep it's like they're monitoring like why you keep turning on, turning off, turning on, turning off. So, and that also affects you already. Uh, I remember I was like, ah, I'm not making enough money. I need to, to make more money. I, actually, it's a funny story. I was, uh, one day I worked all day, like from 7 a.m. to like probably like 7 p.m. And I went to buy a toothbrush. <laughs> it was an electric, I like electric toothbrush. It was like $80, right? So I went in there. Uh, actually, I remember it was a Target. I went into Target bought the toothbrush and uh, spent, <laughs> spent almost all my money. 
that, <laughs> that I made that day. So it was like a toothbrush. I, I remember it's like toothbrush. When I started calculating all the money that I spent, it's like toothbrush. I had lunch for like $16 and bought like also a coconut water and all the money was gone. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. I, I can't remember what article it was. Like, I just remember somebody saying like, the brilliance of Uber was getting people to work for less than minimum wage. <laughs> you know, that, that, that connected pretty deeply. Yeah, I mean, you know what's so interesting too is that there's pretty ferocious defense of that system, you know, we saw in California. Um, I, I, I'm curious if you have any, any, any thoughts on that. Because, um, I mean, you know, it, it's, a tricky, it, it's a tricky context here, you know? I mean, because, um, but yeah, sorry, go ahead. You can look at it like the business model, the way they are trying to treat it is like you're trying to treat like a, like a product on Amazon type almost, like where you keep lowering the price, right? It's like, you know how in product, in product is like, hey, if you order mass, like if you order a bunch of products, the price go down <laughs> kind of thing, right? But at the same time, in the, in the service industry, that kind of is little a little bit tricky because now someone is going to, it's gonna be it's gonna be affected, and this end up to be on the driver on the driver side, right? The customer, yes, the customer is happy to get the the best price, but at the same time, the the driver is getting killed. Um, where uh, now, like that, like that, you're not making enough living. Although, although uh, for the competitor, like like you're talking about Uber and Lyft, they are still making. Doesn't matter, even if they are collecting a dollar still a dollar how much like how many trips is that like a median two million trips that's still a dollar for them but for on the driver side you're like getting killed yeah the labor market dynamics are are terrible for drivers because they're competing against you know the most desperate driver at at that time you know what i mean like they they can have this big database but the, the people they have to satiate are just you know I imagine that probably only five ten percent of of drivers are are active, you know, in any given day, and you know because they pay so fast and because it's so reliable, you know, they have all they have to do is satiate the most desperate person that day, which is, you know, it's different than a traditional labor market, you know, because you're you're looking at someone who's going to be there, you know, for a year or more. Um, yeah, that's that's very interesting. But I mean, comparing it to product um, that way, I think I think is is very interesting. You know, because you run into those issues where you have you know client service problems and, and what have you um, um, on an ongoing basis. So, yeah, it, it, it's 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 very interesting. You know, like if if, if you approach it from like a super and rand you know type of hardcore market economics perspective, it's. It's kind of beautiful, but it, it's just, it's um, incredibly brutal. Um, and especially the way that, that it's segmented um, is a huge, is a huge problem because their, their incentives are just horrific, you know, compared to e- even, even Lyft, you know, which, is, you know, kind of claims that they're like champions of the world, you know, they, they have the exact same incentives as, as Uber did, so... Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just riffing here. You know, you're, you're bringing up, you're bringing up horrible memories <laughs> of this stuff. So yeah, obviously I, I'm a, I'm a monkey with a wrench when it comes to <laughs> discussing like the internal mechanisms of the market here, but you know, um, yeah, you're dredging it up in me. You're right. Like, um, 
some horrible memory, I remember. Like, actually, I, I, again, maybe also to thank them because maybe without me driving for them, maybe I would never come up with this uh, uh, headline idea, right? So, because you're talking about, I, I remember trying to maximize my time by applying again with Uber Eats. So I can have multiple apps, like, you know, three apps, like where I have the Lyft, Uber Eats, and, and uh, you know, Uber, Rideshare. And I got declined on Uber Eats. And I'm like, I'm driving for Uber. Why am I getting declined? So from there, actually, the concept was born where, like, listen, um, we can create something that will keep driver busy all the time. And, you know, so, like, you can hit, you go, like, let's say some, some driver say, hey, I want to just go work today and make a $100. So instead of you going to work from seven to seven just to make a $100, we're trying to minimize, like, hey, you can make $100 by noon because we keep you busy. So the whole idea was, like, yeah, maybe we do ride share and food delivery. That should be enough to have one, you know. And then from there, uh, while I'm recruiting team, we end up growing to this six different application application into one. So we have the ride share, grocery, food, retail delivery, and then we added... We're like, hey, we can make some money also on flight booking and vacation rental, right? So that's how Helen was born. We're like, hey, we can create a super app. And this will be a first, I want to say, first super app on demand service. And I know there are, there are super apps like Facebook now. And I, I don't know if you can call also Amazon is almost like a super app, but it's for kind of selling stuff. But yeah, so PayPal, I think also they are trying to do something like that, yeah. That's that's how Helen was born to to be the, the concept was more like to help drivers to make a living right by uh, maximizing that day and kind of reducing their you know waiting time instead of waiting for forty five to one hour just for another job you're always working so it's like hey as soon as you drop off ride share you can get a job to deliver food you can get a job to deliver grocery, you can retail. So you're always working. But, and also in terms of uh, customer, uh, this is like we're bringing you convenience and also minimizing the exposure uh, for your personal information. So you don't have to have your your credit card, or personal information downloaded or entered in six different apps, right? So, uh, and you don't have to have six apps probably tracking your movement or whatever. So you have one app, Helen, and you can access all different services. So yeah, go go Helen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sign me up, baby. Yeah, I mean the the um, yeah, the very interesting thing here too is I, I think is, do I understand correctly using um basically like a locale, like a franchise model where you kind of develop in a particular market and then kind of bring it to, to others, you know, and, and if, like almost like a franchise model. Is yeah. that, is that so the or? franchise model, it was more of, I guess, it, <laughs> I guess that's the, the, I don't know what you call it. It's like a, um, more of a, because while I was working limousine, right? So, I had my vehicle, I had the egg vehicle, but whenever I have overload of my jobs, I will give to other friends that own the limousine or they have like maybe two cars or whatever. I will share the job. 
So I would tell them, like, hey, go pick up my customer. Uh, like, like I'm charging the customer hundred dollar. I'm gonna give you eighty dollar. I'm gonna give you seventy dollar. I keep the twenty or thirty. So it's like we share like that way. And whenever they are busy, also they give me a job. So the franchise model, and I was like, you know what? I can share this with some of the people that I knew, like I knew from the limousine industry. But at the same time, I was like, oh, how can I share? Can I use? I thought about using the affiliate program, but I was like, yeah, the affiliate program is not going to be more really good dedication. So the franchise model was born. So where, so now you have dedicated people who are, it's like we're working in the same uh, system, like same, almost kind of same vision. Everybody uh, supporting the same vision. There might be like a small company and a big company organization. And, they, and I feel like they, that's, that would be really good to share. Yeah, we can create one where we just take over everything, whatever. But I think sharing also is good, right? So, and also it helps us also help Helen where uh, if I'm in D.C. and someone in, in Houston or Boston, whatever county, they, we, we franchise by county. Whatever county they are from, probably they have better knowledge of that area than than me trying to, to hire a marketing company trying or trying to understand the area. And probably they're going to be more involved in the community. Yeah, we want to do this for the community. Like, like sure. It's almost kind of one of those, like, uh, what is it called? Uh, buy local, support local kind of, kind of idea. So, yeah, we want, to, we want to share. We don't want to, want to hold everything to ourselves. Yeah, I think I think that's that's lovely. And um, my, I mean, that's it's a it's hard work too, you know, signing up those restaurants. Um, that that you know, it takes somebody who who knows the area and, and you know how to how to how to you know get in touch with those folks and and, and get them signed up. And you know who, who's actually buying what because that's not public info. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, actually the. The franchisee that helps a lot. You're right They're because they'll be the one. They'll be the foot soldier that because they belong in that community. They can be like, hey, I own Helen. We can we can deliver for you, and and then at the same time, hey, they might run into someone. Hey, your kid goes to, to the you kid go to the same school as my kid, or my your kid played the same football team. You know, so it's like there's that community where it's like really I think it's like a really good foundation for. For Helen, so. Hey, yo, peep this. So my question too is, you know, what what's your level of thinking here around how those integrations are, are going to work with, um, with with what's existing? I mean, you know, if if I'm if I'm one of the big companies, I, I don't know how happy I'm going to be that you know, um, you know, Ed is making it easier. Um, f- for them to to not be you know on, on my app all day, so what? How how do you foresee some of those? I mean, like I, I think for the smaller ones, those I feel like would be a no brainer, and I think that the the almost like unwilling integration, if you will, like you know just placing placing them on there is possible until maybe you know they, it starts really hurting, and then you know you start seeing. Um, some sort of data analytics to start to start identifying those kind of requests coming from Halo. So I'm, I'm just curious how, how the integration sets, um, how, how you guys are thinking about those as well. Hey, I think, I, I don't know if I'm understanding. You think, uh, is that, I don't know if that's what you mean. Like you, uh, 
we we're not we're not connecting to them. Like we're not we're not integrating. We're not so you're build, in there. building all of those from the ground everything. Up. Okay. We're building from ground up where we're building our own system architecture that allows to 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 carry all this different system. And and as you know, like um, like building a uh, system architecture uh, for an application like this is is like you're building a house, like a like a four bedroom house, right? So. This competitor, like Uber and Lyft, they started years ago, like almost 20 years ago. The concept was just for them to be like, hey, let's just do this right share. They did not think about all the other stuff, like where you have, you know, the food delivery or whatever. Those things came later, but, but they already built this foundation for the right share. So it's like building a four-bedroom house. And you cannot say, hey, a four-bedroom house, let's put 20 floors on top. Because the foundation doesn't help, doesn't support, right? So they like literally for the for the application for them to be able to do that to it be trying to patch stuff like right now Uber is trying to do where you open the app and you see a link, but really just connecting you back to to the other app where you're gonna end up putting an inputting again your personal information. But we building a standalone system that can support multiple services. So like literally. We have six service right now. If we decide to end up with ten service at the later stage, we can do that. So we're not we're not plugging an API to anyone except for the for the flight booking. That's the flight booking. That's the only thing we we're dealing with. Um, kind of co- connecting to someone. And, and sure. the other thing, probably um, the only other thing we're connecting is grocery store, grocery store or retail whatever stores, like restaurant, whatever, if they have an API, we connect it to them. If they don't, then we give them, you know, show them how to upload their menu and all that stuff. But that's the only thing. And and dealing with, like, um, grocery store or, like, any store like Target or Walmart, they have an open uh, API, and and I don't think they would will, they will, they will decline to tell them, hey, we want to bring you business. Sure. <laughs> because, you know, that's... That's good for them. It's less advertising money for them. So be like, hey, um, we're getting business from Helen or whatever. Yeah, the grocery, that one seems like a like a slam dunk to me um, for you guys. How I'm curious, how do you develop ridership? You know, if you're looking for, for giving those actual rides too, like how, how do you go about, you know, finding those those folks to to hop on a on a on a new app and, and on a, do on a do a ride through Alien. Yeah. So like if, if you're look for for your riders, I mean, and I'm assuming that there's gonna be a lot of crossover. So like maybe you come for one of the other things and then you know, there's there's like some synergy between um that clients. Um how how do you guys go about I uh you know nailing those clients down or, or getting getting the word out what 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 are what are the things that are most important for you guys when you, when you try to find those folks? I guess I guess one of the things that we believe that we can use is the same, almost same kind of um, same kind of idea that even they used other um, other company when they came to the industry. There, uh, the, the good thing is we're. I don't know if this is called like technology edge or whatever it is. They have this this they have this thing of, of fear of missing out, right? So you have that group of fear of missing out where people, they want to be like, hey, what is this? Like, they're going to try because they don't want to miss out, right? And then you have another uh, age of, like, millennial who are, like, take their tech, um, 
excited kind of people, like where they always want to see something new, right? Like what's going on? There's a new technology. Let's try. And the other way we can approach also, all we're going to try to approach with is, um, of course, like guerrilla marketing and, and also things like, um, uh, if I come to you, I say, hey, Sam, uh, here's $10 trying to use on our system for you. $10 free user system. And also maybe, hey, by the way, if you invite your friend to use our service, we're going to give you $1,000. But again, of course, there's some, some prints in there. Like it might be some, oh, your friend has to use at least the service at least once or twice, right? And things like that. So there, there are so many ways, uh, or I would say, easy way to attract the first, the first um, people that uh, that will be able to use their service. Yeah, yeah. It's spoken like one who's done it before. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think you hit the nail on that. Like transferring from the early adopters into you know like a, a general general acceptances. Yeah, the uh, the real trick. Yeah. So the the early adopter, I think that's. That's gonna be, I, I just personally with the with the whole marketing strategy that we have. I think I think we're gonna we're gonna have a really really good. Um, uh, probably in the beginning, it's gonna be really good. And we have we have people like like Sam, as you know, he's our board of advisors. The savage, <laughs> Jono, the king. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam is like really awesome for the kind of helping us to put like. Um, this strategy and they like just talking to him when I started talking to him in the beginning, like he, as, as a founder, as you know, like sometimes it's like, you're like, Oh, this, this, this. And then you miss there's some holes on the side with, and then you get people like, I'm mostly missing every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And then you get people like Sam, he comes and like, Hey, there are a bunch of holes here. He start plugging in them. It's like, I'm, I'm really excited to like having him, um, like uh, being part of the board of advisors, so yeah. So and and I think I think we're gonna once this this app launches, I think we're gonna crash it because we we and also people with this pandemic is almost kind of it kind of it kind of set us ready for for it's setting people ready for the handling app, right? And people like uh, who they used to maybe order grocery, who they used to order. Um, either right share, whatever it is, now people are, are familiar with all these services. Now we come in to and tell so them. And so sticky, hey. too. I mean, I've never seen such a, a huge catalyst shift like this. You know, like, grandmothers would not have ordered groceries. <laughs> but now they're addicted. You know, they're never going to go back. Um, and seeing, I, I kind of think of it as like a network that just sets some new lines, you know, and... Um, I think, you know, we're kind of forced to hit all those um, those new relationships um, and new, you know, methods of work. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my home office, you know. Um, I mean, every, I, <clears throat> the impact of it cannot be overstated. I, I kind of hate talking about it because it's so cliche. And so many more brilliant people have, have spoken about it than what I could possibly um, add is, is nothing. But, um, you know... I I, th- I think you're right. I mean, what, what but what I was going to say is what's most interesting to me is how yeah. sticky a lot of this stuff is. Like yeah. even me before the pandemic, I never ordered grocery, right? But now it's like it's like that's my thing. I order grocery all the time, and and I'm like I'm working from home. Instead of me going to a grocery store, I will order the grocery and I will go bike ride, 
And by the time I come back from a bike ride, uh, my food is there. But you see? Oh, see, so, I need to live where you live. That, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Or no, I need to get Halen here in Texas. And, and Corpus. Yeah. yeah, but no, the, uh, yeah, see, I, I was never the guy. I was like, I don't know. I, I hated curbside so much. Uh, like the idea of it, just sitting there like some lazy lard and then somebody loads up your car. I hated it. And then <laughs> I did it a couple of times and I was like, man, I'm never going back in that goddamn story. <laughs> I don't know why I've been doing this my whole life. Um, and, but um, yeah, it, it's just wild. You know, I think, I think that's what it is. Like the, the pandemic has gotten people to try things that they, they, they wouldn't have otherwise tried. Um, that, that makes it very interesting. That it opens up the audience like massively, you know, well on, on grocery too. Another interesting thing. So I had a, in the army, a sergeant of mine, he, um, he worked, uh, he was like a big, you know, manager of a, of a dark store. And I, I, I'm sure you've probably heard of those where they're, you know, so there's, there's basically like a whole grocery store just set up and no one goes in it. Um, and all they do is, they just do curbside. Now now that I got into curbside and we got like the groceries delivered, I'm like, man, now I'm never going to do curbside again. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm never going to leave the house. Um, but, you know, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's incredibly interesting how I, I would, I would expect the groceries probably one of the more exciting avenues um, for you guys and um, with restaurants. I mean, to me, that's, that's fascinating um, because it's such a fractured market. There's always places to, to, to put the foot in the door and to prove, um, prove the model. You know what I mean? So to my, my expectation is that's, that's very interesting. Um, yeah. So what, t- tell me a little bit about the journey, you know, with, with managing the team and, and, and putting that out together, you know, I mean, you talked about the monster crash. I mean, how did, how did you guys react to that? And then, you know, what, um, what, I guess, what, what did you do the second time around that, that was different? What, you know, what, what were those hard lessons learned with the team? I'm sure everybody wants to learn them through you instead of, instead of doing it themselves. So what you're talking about once the other up, once they crashed, right? Yeah. Um, what I was, what, what I had that up also, I started trying to reach out to investors and, uh, they all kind of almost sounded the same. They had like the same kind of playbook. They're like, Hey, do you have a CTO? Do you have technology background? Do you have, so it kind of, I kind of get, kind of, I keep getting hit by the same questions. So until, uh, once it crashed, when I decided to recruit the team, I wanted to recruit a really team that can be, uh, because when I when I did the first app, I used some freelancer from India, so I was like, let me recruit a team that's US based, and you know, and it, it it's it's a little bit way different, like kind of kind of working with someone who's your partner, not necessarily just like someone who's coming to just get a paycheck, right? So. I recruited um, a really good guy, a CTO. His name is Emmanuel. And uh, and he has the knowledge. He was the kind of person who's like, hey, we should get this kind of person. We should get this person with different background and all that stuff. Which, which I started recruiting people. And then I used this just a simple, like LinkedIn, just kind of post looking for people. I got people. But <laughs> when you're recruiting people for a startup, it's, it's fun. <laughs> 
is I would say it's fun because uh, you can literally get someone who's like, oh, I love this idea. And they join you. And and then like two weeks later, they're like, hey, man, this is not for me. (laughs) 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 So now you got to start over again and then trying to learn what went wrong. If this person was happy to join, they want to be part of this, what went wrong in two weeks? And sometimes you get feedback from those people and sometimes it just where people, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's interesting because you get to learn a lot how to deal with people, either from their feelings or their motivation, like what motivate them. Uh, it is, is this about the money? Is it about the process of creating um, this this potential of a big company. So is, is it the v, like there's so much stuff that goes in there. Is if you not not I was about to say like babysitting grown people. It's it's almost like uh not even about therapist, whatever it is. I, I'm look I'm looking for a word I'm looking for a word to use. You know as a, you know you you're a founder so you know how it's like you gotta deal with people different personality. Either people come in there, they they think, hey, we're gonna come create this company, it's gonna be done within three, four months, right? And then they come in there like, whoa, like, whoa, I've been doing this now for two, three months, but nothing is happening or whatever, because they are still um, I guess it's 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 a lot of different things that goes in there where uh it's it's not for Oh, for the word, it's not for the week. <laughs> it's got to get, you have to be, it's like a really kind of different mentality for people that they, they love the process of building something or a potential of something that can be big. So with that said, like, yeah, we went through some people, um, I want to say probably close to like 10, 12 different people that, that came in and it, it just didn't work out. And yeah, and until now, uh, actually, I have a really good team now, like people that they see the potential, they understand the, the vision and just having a really good open communication. As we go, also, we kind of trying to create like a company culture. And um, so and everybody, actually, if you look at our team, it's really, it's really funny because it has a huge mix of kind of different people. It's almost like it's like flowers in a garden, <laughs> like a bunch of flowers, <laughs> different colors and you know, different backgrounds. So yeah, that's that's where we yeah. It's funny that you said the garden, uh, the garden metaphor. Uh, sorry, could, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, that's that's how I think about um, our, our our folks as well, you know. And 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 I'm, um, I found that the effort they place on the front end and and. Re- and being extremely selective and careful in recruiting, it just saves you so much time and heartache on the back end. You know, I think, I think that's the big challenge that a lot of these folks face is they're like so desperate to get out of the door, you know, tomorrow that you bring on, you make those, you know, you make those decisions that like, ah, you know, maybe he's not Mr. Right, but he's Mr. Right now. And (laughs) I got to tell you every single one of those you're going to regret, you know, and it's, I've heard, I've heard, you know, some pretty seasoned VCs, you know, have, have different thoughts about this, but it's a lot of times because they plan on churning and burning them. And so if that's your mentality, maybe that, maybe that 
works. But if you're trying to build a team, there is nothing more poisonous to that team than bringing on somebody that you plan to fire in like three, four months or, you know, hiring the wrong person and, and keeping them on uh, longer than they should, you know. Um, yeah, but yeah, I share your, I share, the, you know, I, I honestly, the team here at at Inth, at I I got to tell you, I'm smiling because I've dealt with those problems before. But at Inth, it's like, it, I don't know what it is. It, it, you know, there, there's so much to it, but it just, it's, it's incredible to work with these kids that, um, you know, I was talking, okay, so I was talking to Chuck the other day who runs one of our units, Crowdsource Capital, right? And he was like, he was like, um, man, you know, I, um, oh yeah, yeah, you know, Chuck. And, and so then, um, I'm talking to him, he's like, you know, wow, it's just, it's just amazing. You know, you, you've, you've, you've done such a wonderful job. I'm like, Chuck, you realize that I, I have to hire all of these people to fill in all of my weaknesses because I am such a terrible, like inefficient person. I have to hire all these people around me, you know, to get anything done. Um, and and uh, and and I I think that that's really been the most wonderful thing because and I don't know if you can relate to this or not, but I am by far by far the least qualified person at Inventure, by far, no question. And and no one will disagree with you when you tell them that either, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I got to tell you, what, what really changed my mind was when I worked in, um, I was in Denver, and um, I like you, I was like, hey, I got a little side hustle thing that I, I could be doing. And uh, I had a maid company. It got crazy. It had, like, I can't even remember, like like 15 maids or something ridiculous at some point. And I was just dealing with the craziest babysitting problems that I've ever seen in my life. I'm just like, girl, why are you telling me this story? Like, uh, you should not be telling me all of this. This is a nuts story. Um, and, you know, oh my gosh. It, what was so hard for me was um, there, you know, it, I very much viewed that as almost like, almost like a nonprofit, right? We're like helping these people find these jobs and get them back like on their feet a lot of times. You, you know what I mean? And and it was very meaningful work for me, but it was a grind. And, 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 and it's hard to work with people that are not like, that don't have their shit together. You, you know what I mean? It, it's difficult. And for, for me, the worst part was it because um, I would... I would not fire, I found it extremely difficult to fire these ladies, right? Because a lot of times they were like kind of on the edge of like, hey, look, if I lose my job, like this, I could lose my kid or whatever, you know, it could get, it could, it could get ugly. And so I, I just couldn't, there's just no way you can't fire those girls. You know, they show up late, you lose a client or two or whatever. You're like, oh my God, what is going on? You're like, hey, whatever, I'll just keep, I'll keep spending money. I'll work harder, you know, we'll do, do the same. That does not exist here at end because everybody here is a savage, but but that's not because they're so great to work with. It's that they deserve to be working with extraordinarily good talent too. So like, I don't know, when you have a business that's, they're each kind of like their own island, if you will, you know, providing that service, maybe you can get away with it, maybe you can't. But when everybody has to work together and they're all extremely motivated and you have like w- one, you know, problem peg, it's pretty easy for me to say, all right, listen, MF, like you, you know, you, you got to go here because I, I have an obligation to, to these to these folks. That's my that's my only thing. You know what I mean? So, and that clarity creates a demand for performance that people love to work in. And and you know, there's nothing that'll kill a place faster than 
than I think seeing people in, in positions where they shouldn't be. Um, and, and so that, that, that to me was just a total game changer um, from, from those two, you know, it was just, it's, it's just absolutely night and day. Um, it, it's incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning something. Um, um, I can't remember where I heard this. It said there's a, there's a quote that says, hire slow, fire fast. Yeah, one of our board members. Yeah, one of our board members. He just he loves to say that all the time. Oh, you um, said that right? Like, yeah, and, fire. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And and um, it sounds so savage, but you know, I I think of it as like, look, you can you have you have some shots, and like I'm gonna remediate the problem. My job is to make you successful. So like, anytime somebody somebody, you have to fire them or you know move them, whatever. It's it's a failing not on their part. It's a it's a failure on my part or leadership's part, you know. And you have to look like some amount of error is going to happen. But if it's significant, you know that that's that's a real that's a real business killer. Um, so I mean, yeah, it's either it's either you know you fail to create an environment where they're going to be successful or fail to create or failed in your analysis of, of them on the onset. And both of them are your fault. You know what I mean? And, and so that, but it will shock you in the moment. You're like, how can I possibly be responsible for this dumpster fire? But, you know, it's helpful for me to remember that it totally is my fault. It's, it's just, I don't know. I love the whole, the whole process of it. Just kind of, kind of building something awesome. Just, I don't know. So I don't know what, We'll see once maybe you think uh, uh, maybe it gets to that point where it's successful. I don't know if I will still enjoy the same like the way I'm enjoying the process now. <laughs> but even now, we start talking to just investor, and uh, we kind of like running now like a crowdfund with the refund or whatever. But even talking to investor, I'm like, hmm. It's like I'm learning from like just talking to them, even if they're saying no or someone say, okay, we're interested, maybe reach out to us maybe after you you launch your first pilot market, whatever. But it's, it's, it's an awesome process. And and with the whole building team, too, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I love it. <laughs> I love the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the, the momentum that you see is so gratifying, you know. And, and what I love, too, is seeing, seeing that that when you talk about a vision and kind of it's hard to articulate, you know, especially, especially, you know, it's like very, you know, ephemeral <laughs> and complicated, but when you see it take hold and, and, and come from them, you know, um, in, in very meaningful ways, that to me is just like such an incredible feeling. And I, I, I imagine you can relate to seeing yes, that in your team. Yes. You know? It's like, it's seeing like they get take hold. it. Yeah. They right. get it. Like, Whatever you're trying to do is like they understand, they see your vision, and they get it. It's, it's just yeah, it's awesome. It's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, and certainly it feels like it feels like resonance out there. You know what I mean? Like what? Like you know, the the more the more emotional term for like market acceptance, maybe is, is feeling that resonance. You know, come back and 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 uh, really relating to a lot of people. You know that 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 just is is an incredible feeling. Um, but yeah, so so, and uh, we'll, we're gonna uh, link to link to that campaign. Everybody, please check out um, Halen. They are trying to build a, uh, a system here that works better. So treat your driver right. 
Um, they are working incredibly hard. Um, what what Ed's building, I think, has 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 some real legs into what what fixing that problem for the longer term. Um, uh, beyond the fact that the uh, the business fundamentals are, are wonderful, I, I really do think that there's there's a lot of um, a lot of heartache to be to be helped here in this area. So, um, Ed, it was a pleasure to have you. Thank um, you so much. Thank you, for thank you for kicking off for inaugurating the yeah. podcast here. It's awesome. <laughs> um, it, it's a wonderful pleasure, and um, I don't know if David is around, but we'll go ahead and. Um, Go ahead and call it a wrap. I, 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 I come back. Hopefully, bring me back on episode 100. So let's see where okay. we. Okay. All right. All right. You've got to promise that I will bring you back on episode 100. Hey yo, hey yo, listen. Our producer is Matt Wells. Oh. Our audio engineer David Woji. Uh-huh. I'm your host Sam Sahuk. Yeah. Please like and subscribe. That helps get the word out. Hey yo, listen. It's going down just like this. This has been an oddly production. Thank you for tuning in. Have a lovely, lovely day. We'll see you next time.